The nail in the coffin! Welcome to the Nail in the Coffin, Cleveland Sports Podcast. I'm Tom Valentino, joined today by Michael Mohal, uh, Vice President of Business Development for the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission. Mike oversees the organization's marketing and communications and partner alliances and is responsible for bidding on future events to be held in Cleveland. Mike, thanks for taking the time. You have to uh, have been a pretty busy guy in recent years because there's a lot of stuff coming up here, isn't there? We have been uh, we've been extremely busy, and uh, it's it's exciting times. Uh, I I always tell everyone, and it, you know, it's the truth. This is a great time to be selling the city of Cleveland. All right, so let's let's talk about this. One of the biggest reasons that uh, that I wanted to bring you on, and I definitely appreciate you taking the time. Um, the sports commission. I feel like it's one of those entities that I think everybody knows exists. But I think few people in town really understand just how much you guys are involved with and how many different aspects of the you know sports landscape in town uh, you know you 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 have your hands in. Um, so to borrow a phrase from the Bob's in office space, what is it exactly that you do, you do? <laughs> Great question, and and uh, I, I would say I tend to agree with you. I, I think people sort of know we're out there. And, uh, and know we have a hand in this or that. Um, a lot of people know us through the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards, which is our annual big fundraiser. Um, but you're right. You're right. They don't, uh, they don't fully understand what we do. So we're, uh, we're a straight out 501c3. So we are a not for profit. Um, and our, our mission is really to generate economic impact for the community and, and, you know, secondarily to improve the image and quality of life and so forth in Northeast Ohio. But our, our number one measure for success is economic impact. And so we do that by bringing in or creating, uh, sporting events that are going to bring people in from out of town. And that's a big distinction that I always like to make sure people understand is, if if we have an event and you live in Strongsville and you come in and you get tickets for it and maybe you even stay in our hotels, um, that's not considered economic impact. And economists wouldn't say that that's economic impact um, because the assumption is that that those people from Strongsville are spending money in their own community. If they didn't spend it on, you know, whatever our event was, they'd spend it somewhere uh, on entertainment in in Northeast Ohio. So our real uh, our real goal is to bring people in from out of town, uh, you know, to to attend our events and stay in our hotels and eat in our restaurants and to to visit our attractions and and all those kinds of things. So that is like thirty thousand foot view of of kind of who we are and and why we exist. We were founded about uh, nineteen years ago. Um, David Gilbert, who is still our president and CEO, uh, founded the organization, originally had two employees. Um, we're up to 14 now, which is one of the biggest sports commissions in the country. And, uh, and we're, so, we're just constantly out, um, you know, whether it's with the NCAA or with the national governing bodies, you know, Olympic sports, finding out what they have coming up in the, in the next few years event-wise and 
what might be a good fit for Northeast Ohio. All right. So along those lines, then, you know, I think of an event like the Major League Baseball All-Star Game that's coming to Cleveland this summer. Um, yep. with, with that one or maybe the NBA All-Star Game that's coming in 2022, uh, how does this whole thing come together? Is this like, you know, a, a situation where the Indians say, hey, we want to host this, and they come to you and they say, how can you help, you know, work with us to make this happen? Or is it more of a situation where, you know, you're on the lookout for these events, like you were saying before, and and you say to the Indians, hey, you guys should really think about um, trying to get an all-star game at Progressive Field or, you know, the Cavs at the Q. Um, yep. How do those conversations go down and how does that come together? Yeah, so so the big ones um, that, that people are very familiar with, the, like some of the ones you just mentioned, all-star games and things, NFL draft, things like that. We have great relationships with Browns, Cavs, and Indians. They have executives that, that are on our board and they're tremendous supporters of our organization. So we just have a lot of uh, a, a lot of dialogue uh, with those organizations. So so when uh, an RFP comes out that hey, you know, Major League Baseball is accepting um, bids for the All Star Game, and let's say it's you know 2022 through 2024, they'll come to us because. They know a you know we're very accustomed to preparing bids and and kind of um, know the landscape for for doing that um, and and the the thing you have to remember that the Indians are really really good at putting on baseball games at Progressive Field but they have less experience with things like a fan fest and on the malls and at at uh, the convention center or ancillary events throughout the town, you know, galas down at uh, the Rock Hall or North Coast Harbor and things like that. And that's, that's the stuff we do every day. And so we partner with them and, you know, we, we sit down together over months and, and put together, you know, what we believe are compelling bids. Um, we did it with, with the NBA All-Star. We did it with MLB All-Star. And, um, you know, we, we do it, we do it in conjunction and, um, and we've, we've, we're successful on both of those. So, you know, that's, that's kind of rare and, and certainly very exciting. It's, as you might imagine, I mean, these are multi, multi-million dollar economic impact events. So the competition is fierce. Um, every city, that, you know, that has a Major League Baseball team or, or, or an NFL franchise or an NBA franchise, they want this stuff. And so it's, it's not only how do you answer, you know, the, sort of check the boxes in the RFP, but it's how do you get creative and what are the, what are the things that, um, you know, you can separate yourself with by, by putting into the bid. Okay. So when you're putting a bid together and you're trying to, you know, pitch to bring an event to town now, how does your approach differ compared to maybe what you would have put together five or 10 years ago? Well, I'll tell you what's a game changer for for us is the convention center, um, oh, okay. which most people don't realize. Um, but you know, we had we had a very antiquated convention center, and um, now we've got a relatively new state of the art convention center with with all the bells and whistles and things like that. It's got a 600 room Hilton that's connected to it. You know, we just had a big event um, that moved out yesterday, a big USA fencing event at the convention center all weekend. 
Well, their headquarter hotel was the Hilton. It was 15 degrees this weekend and people never, you know, never had to necessarily go outside to go compete. So um, those are two really big things right off the top. And then I think, honestly, a lot of a lot of um, what's made Cleveland compelling is we've we've hosted some big events, RNC being one of them, which really sort of um, showed the world that we're capable of hosting them and hosting them very well. Okay. Does the sports commission get involved directly with any of the, uh, the negotiations around like Phyllis, facility renovations. I mean, like progressive field just went through one a few years ago. And I think that was kind of instrumental in the Indians bringing in the all-star game. Um, you know, the queue obviously is going through one now and you yep. know, the NBA all-star game is going to follow. Do you guys have a, a seat at the table in those discussions or is that pretty much through city government and, and the teams? Yeah, it, it really just depends sort of where the, I think where the funds are coming from. Um, and I'll give you an example of that. So, so when the, um, when the partnership was, was formed and the proposal was made for the queue renovations, um, the, because there's, there's, um, you know, public monies that, that were, were being asked for there, um, we were asked to, um, to speak in front of county council on behalf of the queue and and why those renovations make a difference. And I think it's because, you know, why we were brought to the table is people, you know, tend to think of the queue as the home of the Cavs and the Monsters and not recognizing that, yes, they have all these um, well, concerts on top of that. But then for us to be competitive, meaning the sports commission, we need a competitive arena so that we can bring in things like the NCAA Women's Final Four or last spring, you know, we hosted the uh, NCAA uh, Division I Wrestling Championship, which by all accounts was, a you know, a wildly successful. You know, we, we need a competitive arena and venue in order to do that. We can have all the hotels and restaurants and entertainment, you know, in the world. If, if, you're, if your arena ranks, you know, 30th out of, uh, you know, out of 32 arenas, it's tough to compete. And so we were brought to the table to to sort of say, hey, if you want to keep attracting these other events to Northeast Ohio, not just Cavs and Monsters and concerts, um, you know, you, you we need an, a competitive arena. So then with so what's going on? I guess is the, the answer sometimes. Okay. So then I was going to say then, is it kind of changed your approach and in, in what you're able to present? Uh, in terms of, you know, future events coming to Cleveland with, you know, the changes that are happening at the queue now was yeah yes. that I, I, I was down there uh, Sunday for the Cavs game. And you, know, you yep. see the glass panels going up on the north side of the building and obviously the a lot of other construction going on there. And, and you know, it's it's going to be done over the summer. Um so once that stuff does get done, are those improvements on the outside of the building? And I guess even part of the seating bowl as well, that really changes the landscape for you guys and the equation for you. Big time, big okay. time. I, I, I will tell you that. Um, so, so we had the NCA women's final four committee here um, late summer. And that's a really, you know, that, that is a um, very much sought after event. And so the, again, very competitive landscape. And so we took them over to the queue, which was at that point, it just is, you know, a giant construction site. 
Um, but the Cavs were able to assist us with a presentation to that group about what's to come with the Q. And um, I think that, you know, I, I firmly believe that when they saw what the Q will be, um, that that was a big factor in, um, in, in us getting the event. And it'll be a factor in us getting other NCAA events. You know, we're going to be bidding on the wrestling championship that I re uh, mentioned earlier. That is awarded through 2023. Uh, so we'll be going after that for beyond 23. Um, A, we hosted it extremely successfully last year, but B, we'll also be doing it in an arena with a whole lot more capabilities and just a better fan experience. So um, that, that's one we really have our sights set on bringing back to Northeast Ohio. Yeah, I was going to say, you did mention the women's final four. I covered that when it was here in 07. I think that was, yep. there was the regional here in 06, and then the final four in 07. That was a fantastic event. That was a lot of fun. And uh, one of the best things uh, I ever did during my uh, days uh, working uh, as a sports reporter. But um, it's, a, it's a great event. What people, you know, I, see, I think sometimes don't realize is that for, for, for the NCAA, that is, their, that is their biggest women's event. And so um, it's much, it's really much more than, than, you know, uh, three basketball games. It's, it's sort of their opportunity to promote diversity and inclusion and, and, um, you know, empowerment of women and things like that. So they really get behind it. And um, it's become much more than, like I said, just, just a, you know, semifinal and final game. It's, uh, it's, it's, It'll be we'll have a year's worth of programming leading up to it, and um, and and then you know uh, obviously a, a big big weekend in April of 2024. Yeah, I mean I can remember even in 07 it was completely sold out, and you know just walking around downtown you see people in Carolina blue everywhere, yep. and uh, yep. uh, yeah, Tennessee. I, I heard Rocky Top around every corner, and, uh, <laughs> and I mean I think the sport's grown considerably. Even since then, I mean, you look at what some of the, the programs in women's college basketball have done, UConn, obviously, and some of the other ones. Um, yeah, it's. It, I think the sport's in a good place and uh, really good time no to doubt. be uh, getting back in the women's uh, Final Four business if, uh, if you're Cleveland. Um, yep. Switching venues, though. First Energy Stadium, uh, there, there were some renovations that were done there uh, a, a few years ago, um, but it's still an open-air venue. I know there's been talk in the past of is it feasible to put a roof on there is it would it make more sense down the line um for this to you know for it to be completely replaced with maybe a a, a dome structure somewhere else are are you guys do you feel kind of limited in terms of not you know having certain events kind of not in the picture for us as a city by not having a roof on our football venue yes so there's there's two events that really we it, it doesn't make any sense to bid on at this point. Um, one would be the Super Bowl, um, and then the the other would be um, the Men's Final Four, and both of those are are for the reasons you just mentioned. You know, we just we don't have an indoor facility uh, with. 60 plus thousand seats so um we, we, it's just it's just not on our radar we, we there's lots of great stuff we can go after uh those are a couple of things that just just 
until we have a facility, it's it's not even worth the the time and energy. So yeah, it'd be great. It, it would be great. We we love the Browns. We work closely with them. We're bringing a, a major internet uh, international men's uh, soccer event. Uh, the CONCACAF Gold Cup will be there on June 22nd this year. We'll have the U.S. men's national team as part of a doubleheader. Um, so you know we we love working with the Browns. We've we've been working for close to two years now on the NFL draft in conjunction with them. Um, but yeah, love to, love to have, uh, uh, love to have Jerry world or something like that downtown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since you brought up the, the, you know, the Cowboys stadium down there, I mean, that's a huge building. I think they can, what is it? Top out at like 90,000 or maybe even they, they can even add in seats, a hundred thousand. Do, do yeah. you need, a venue that big anymore. I kind of feel like the future of football sized venues is like 55 to 60,000 seats, maybe expanded out into the upper sixties if possible, or if, if necessary for an event like the super bowl or something like that um, with the retractable roof. I just, I feel like if, if you hit all those check boxes, that kind of opens up a, a whole different uh, slate of opportunities. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you definitely don't need 90,000 seats, but you need 60. You know, you need 55, 60. um, And and then, you know, the big thing with a lot of uh, the newer venues and and you'll see this, uh, too, with the with the when the queue renovations are fully complete is is the hospitality space, you know, the club spaces and things like that. That's that's definitely, uh, you know, hot button. Are there other amenities that you find that that the organizations that are, you know, that have these events, whether it's Major League Baseball or or the NBA? I mean, you mentioned the convention center and what a great space that is now. Um, Is there anything from like a technology perspective in the the buildings that hold the game themselves, you know, the games themselves that that they're looking for now? Or or where do you see like the the live sports experience kind of maybe changing uh, as we move forward here? And is, you know, we're starting to look at, you know, bidding out or you're starting to look at trying to make bids on events five, 10 years into the future. Yep. Um, I think, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head and it's just anything that improves the, the fan experience um, matters. And, and to, to an extent with the, especially like with NCAA athletes um, also the athletics, the student athlete experience, those are the two things. So if, if there's technology out there that improves that, um, you know, that always increases your chances and, and makes the event better. I'll give you a great example is the year before we hosted uh, the men's wrestling championship last year, uh, it was in St. Louis and they're always a good host. And it was in, uh, uh, um, I forget the name of the building in, in downtown St. Louis, but um, it's where the their hockey team plays and so forth. And it's a, it's a, you know, fine facility, but their scoreboard, um, I was with some folks from the queue there and we, we measured it out and their scoreboard would fit like six and a half times into the humongotron at the queue. <laughs> and so, so just in one year that it's a, it's a simple example, but just think of from a, from a view, uh, if you, let's say you're in the upper bowl at the queue versus the upper bowl at the venue and the, I think it's the Edward Jones Center. But regardless, you know, the, the, um, that, that experience is so much better at the queue. So, so anytime you have those kinds of capabilities, um, the pyrotechnics and, and all of that stuff that, 
you know, that the Cavs do so well from a fan experience standpoint, you know, that stuff definitely does matter. All right. I, I have a potential homework assignment for you. You, Bring you it on. said that there were uh, two big time events that go to football sized venues that are off the table right now, the Super Bowl and the men's final four. I'm going to throw another one out at you. We have the WWE Fastlane pay-per-view event at the queue on Sunday. I'm going to be heading down there, but I want to go after a bigger fish. I want Mm -hmm. WrestleMania at the dog pound. What are the odds we see Cleveland make a push to bring WrestleMania weekend to First Energy Stadium? or maybe even something like their big summer show, SummerSlam, at Progressive Field. Basically, I think uh, the shows that we're getting at the queue are great, but I want to see a stadium-sized show. What are the odds that could happen? Right. You know, you're you're certainly not the uh, the first person that that has brought that up before. Um, I will I'll be honest with you that that's not um, that's not the the wrestling that I'm used <laughs> that I'm right. used to. Uh, is more the collegiate or USA wrestling type stuff. So um, don't have a great background in it, but, you know, definitely, you know, something certainly worth exploring. I know they get some massive, massive crowds for that, for that and people do travel for it. So the, uh, uh, the, the number I saw, it was in New Orleans last year, and it's a four-day weekend with the different shows that they have. Uh, total economic impact on, on WrestleMania weekend last year was $175 million. That is no joke. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what? It's a, it's a good homework assignment. And next time we talk, I'm going to, I'm going to have some, uh, I'm going to have a little more information for you, Tom. All right. There you go. Big thanks to Michael Mohall for taking the time to join the show. And a big thank you as well to the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission for making that happen. As for us, you could subscribe to The Nail in the Coffin on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts for you Android users. We're also on Stitcher and the TuneIn app, and you could stream us on WaitingForNextYear.com. That'll do it for this episode of The Nail. Might have another one later this week, not quite sure yet. I'll uh, track down Travis and see what we can do. But in the meantime, I'm Tom Valentino. This has been The Nail in the Coffin, and we'll talk to you again soon. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Breslow is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Breslow, the business of sports betting podcast.